Hey, you're tuned into the Das Auto Guys podcast, delivering you the truth about the automotive industry. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Welcome, everyone, to the Das Auto Guys podcast. It is 7.19 p.m. on not Wednesday anymore. Is today Wednesday? Is it the 16th? Oh, the note. The notes are correct. You are ahead, man. The notes are correct. That's a first for me. It is 7.20 p.m. on Wednesday, June 16th of the year 2021. Uh, Last time I looked at my driver's license, it said Kennedy Brandon, and I am joined today by none other than Tom with no H. Uh, on today's agenda, we have, uh, looks like the first thing up is Tom's introduction. Tom with no H. All right. Only yeah. when it's Thomas. Yes. Then you can put that H in there. In um, episode zero, which I never made, I had a plan to give you guys some background information on myself. Okay. Well, let's start with you then, sir. I mean, you're, this is your idea. Let's go. Let's no, but it, it says, it's the first thing on the list is Tom's introduction. I guess I can't argue you wrote it. So, hi, I'm Tom. <laughs> And I've uh, been probably in this business about 20 years now. Started about my 20s. Got an independent shop, six, seven years there. Got my survival skills, I like to call it. Um, moved on to Honda. That was my first dealership experience. And moved on to BMW after that. And I'm back into the independent world again. How's that treating you? You know, I know the answer to that. It's all a, it's all a <laughs> we, big we circle. We work at the same it's place. It's a big circle. Um, it is what it is. There's different aspects in every shop. But, oh, uh, yes. And lack thereof. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about anybody specifically. So, uh, <laughs> that's all right. really what I got about me, man. That's uh, you know, my automotive background. That was it. I feel like this is starting really slow, and I would have turned this off by now. That that's is what their it is. problem. Well, it's about, yeah. it's about to lighten up, though, because um, now we're going to talk about me. Really? You couldn't put your phone on silent? I'm leaving that in. Done. Done. <laughs> it's off. That's off. <laughs> I'm I leaving think. that in. Uh, my name is Brandon. Uh, been in this business for the automotive business for 13 years. Um, I can't say I've hated every second of it. There's been its ups and downs. I started out uh, always corporate shops. I started out, um, hopefully I can say their names, with Sears. Well, they'll probably be out of business by the time that this airs anyways. Aren't so, they mostly done with the Yeah, every, every Sears Automotive I've seen locally has been shut down, closed, disappeared, um, whatever. They're, they're, I think they're all gone, so it's not like anybody's going to come after me. But I, I worked for Sears for a while. I worked for Monroe Muffler tire and brake i forget how they said it but they changed the name so i don't think they can come after me for that either um those are pretty horrible jobs but they they got my foot in the door um started out as a tire technician uh slinging tires and that sucks for everybody who does it um but it's what you got to do it's your entry you know we we were still the generation where you didn't just walk in and say hi i want to do this and got that you had to come in i literally had to beg for my first job the guy didn't want to hire me because I had a good paying job. But, and but, he's like, why are you here? You're making $20 an hour. You want an $8 an hour job to mount tires. Why are you here? And I thought I had the right answer. I want to get in the automotive industry. I just want to get my foot in the door. Uh, and he didn't warn you then? No, my foot's fucking stuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotten fucking gangrene and fallen off of the this foot's going, that, That's worse than my finger, okay? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, corporate tire job. Uh, quickly realized that that's not something I wanted to do. So I was offered a service advisor position and I took that and sucked at it. Like really sucked at it. Like I couldn't sell water to somebody in the desert. I I forget all the terminologies now, but yeah, I I couldn't sell anything. Um, and it was a very sales driven Sears was a very sales driven place. You know, you had to sell those diehard batteries. Everybody needs a battery. Everybody needs this. Everybody needs Don't forget the battery koozies to go on the (laughs) post. That'll make the battery post actually fit loose and give you a no start later. While I was there, there was like a big thing too, where people were like uh, returning bad batteries, like diehard batteries, and they were marking them. And then they'd come back and they'd find them out on the shelves with like new plastic caps on the terminals and shit. Like they were just being thrown. I never personally saw it, but it, it was in the news while I was there. I remember it was a big thing. Uh, so after, uh, I, I got fired, uh, from there, I went to Monroe Muffler 
that I stay, I think I stayed there for like two years. Um, didn't know what I was doing. Like I didn't even like I had a toolbox, but it was like a really skinny like craftsman. Um, we all started, two, there, you know, two level. It didn't even have like the roller bearing drawers. You Did just you like, buy them together because mine. Oh, yeah. I only originally had that top, and that was in my <laughs> yeah. garage. And then I'm like, all right, I'm moving on up. Let me go buy that bottom piece for ninety nine dollars. No, no, you know, I got, that was. I got them both first. I got them both together because I bought them while I was at Sears, and it was like a Black Friday friends and family special thing. I don't remember what I paid for it, but it was like dirt cheap, uh, and it probably still wasn't even worth what I paid for it. But uh, I I didn't have very many tools. I bought like the cobalt plier set from Lowe's and like some other stuff, some shitty screwdrivers, some hand me downs from my dad and stuff. And I just started wrenching on cars, and I lied about every one of my like capabilities. You know, have you done struts before? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was scared to death to put a strut on there. I didn't know how to fucking set it up. I thought the spring was going to come out and end my life. By this point in my career, I've seen so many springs come out of the compressor and just laughed about it. But, you know. I've also hit a kid in the face with a coil spring. Are you fucking serious? No, not at all. Um, It was his fault for being near me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I didn't get hit by the spring, but no, it's... uh, you know, there's some serious shit out there, and you can really get hurt. And that's what oh. people need to really take it from me. We'll get to this later. But <laughs> somebody can only count to about nine and a half right now okay, <laughs> on their fingers. So that's... really, like, as sometimes a job is, it's just a simpleton job, you know. There's really oh, some yeah. shit out there that you... will, will take your face off, literally. And... Oh, definitely. And I don't think anybody gets proper training to avoid those situations. I watched a, a, a kid... Uh, who worked for me at another tire place, whose name I'm not going to mention because they're assholes and I think they will come after me for for certain things. Um, but, you know, I watched him grab the spokes on a wheel while the wheel was rotating. He got his, he got his fingers caught between the, the spokes and the brake caliper. Common sense is usually a pretty good <laughs> rule to follow in the shop. Um, if... You know, but it, it happens. It yeah. I, it, it, you, can't, you can't fall asleep at the wheel for a second. No. Um, we, we have, you know... Eight to ten thousand pound vehicles over our heads every day, all day long. Eight, eight to ten pounds, thousand pounds of files. Sometimes ba- ba- balancing on four pieces of metal, and you know, just think about when that bolt stuck and you're ranking on that wrench four oh, feet long. Yeah. Going, what are you actually doing here? Well, I've and pushed I'm a so, car up off. Of, it I've comes off cars, come off lifts. I've seen them come off a lift just doing an oil change. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's I've been there. It really not personally. But I've seen Luckily, it. Luckily, everybody's been okay. I've never I've, seen anything bad. But I've, I've never lost some... a car off a lift to this day. I double gasketed one filter in my entire life, and it, I caught it right after I got, you know, pretty <laughs> drenched in oil. <laughs> I got know? a good story about that, man. All right, all right. We'll, we'll get to that. Let me just finish up my, my career path. This of, is the intro. This is it? It's still the intro. Well, no, because it was supposed to be Tom's See? introduction, and you made yours last like thirty seconds. Because I'm simple. That's not my fault, bro. You're like, oh, I, worked, I worked for an independent shop, and then I worked for Honda, and then BMW. And now I'm back in an independent shop, so that was cool. And we're like, we we've got a whole twenty minutes into- <laughs> to to talk about this. This we, is true. If I give out too much information, deal, basically, I know you worked at Monroe, an unnamed conglomerate of tires that is big everywhere in they, new york and oh, everywhere everywhere and nationwide everywhere. now and they have they different yeah they have yeah. different names dude when i started with them i they wrote were, in the i wrote in a gondola with them one time and they offered me a job me that. and he i'm like i'm your direct competitor right now <laughs> like literally yeah but that's back when i started for them they had 147 stores mm-hmm. i think or 146 and when i left i was with them for six years when i left uh I believe the count was just creeping up on a thousand. And that was a merger with like three different companies along the way. Right. They're grabbing up the yeah. ones that are closing out that it's, it's, you know, yep. the, the, the I mean, Amazon mentality, just yeah. push them out and then buy them up. And then that's yours. And right. Keep, and they have, and the, take they have over, almost the same business plan. Their, their goal is to just swoop in as many cars as possible and in menu board pricing for everything. Like, you know, you need, and every car needs struts, shocks, brakes. And that's when you start getting your management quotas of like, all right, right. guys, we got to sell this many struts a day. And it's not about the customer and whether they need or not those struts. It's about how many struts we got to sell this month, how many tires we got to sell this month. And honestly, the independents I'm going to say I've been working for that are not a name brand branded dealership, they've been a family run operation and there's something to be said about that. Yeah. And they definitely, Um, a different, different way the business is run. Yeah. There's no Um, pressure to, 
sell specific items because their thought process isn't, well, if we didn't get four struts today, we missed an opportunity somewhere. They're more concerned with making sure the customer had a good experience and making sure that we told them about everything. Because a big issue, big issue, I see it all the time now that I'm up, well, I didn't get to it, but I'm, I am a service advisor. Again, I'm not a technician anymore. Uh, I haven't been for nine, eight years. I, I, I haven't been wrenching on cars. I mean, most of the jobs that I had where I was up front or store manager and what, um, I was still working on the cars because the guys I had below me didn't have enough experience to, to fix most things. It was just like bodies you hired off the street. But, uh, dude, I totally forgot where I was going with that point. You talk too much, man. You got to be like me. Simple, short, and sweet. You right, just, sit there, just like a couple, couple sentences. Um, but no, I'm just... Now we're going to both pause and draw a blank because you're blank. Oh, yeah. And, like, the the number one killer of, like, podcasts and stuff is, like... Rambling. Ram- not not this. I don't think rambling, Filling. but just not having anything to say. Like right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, yeah, Anyways, so uh, finish out. You know, I work... So we got bread is just people, right? We're good? We're good? I'll clarify. Right. If there's any questions, hit us up on Twitter. I, I started a Twitter for the podcast before the podcast even existed. And that Twitter is? I don't remember. I think it's Das Auto. Yeah, it's just Das Auto, guys. Okay. Capital D, capital A, capital G. Um, I think that matters for Twitter. I literally don't don't know. I'll put it. I'll put a link to the Twitter, or I'll put the Twitter at or hashtag whatever the fuck you want to call it. I'll put it in the podcast description. That way, people can just click it. There you go. All right. I think we gotta get out of the show though. We are starting to. Drag Just on? Drag, drag, drag. All right, so after Tom's introduction, which took fucking forever, Thanks, uh, we get we get into a segment that Tom actually thought of, and I think it's awesome. It's called Customer States. All right, so <laughs> we all get that Customer States RL, okay? Daily basis. They're usually mundane. Customer States, this doesn't work. Customer States, what? But every once in a while, you get that gem, and you just got to look at it, and you got to think about the person that actually had to listen to that and then write it down on the RL Me. without... <laughs> cracking their face. Like, how do you listen to somebody with a straight face and write this down on the RO? I, Customer states, drove vehicle through four-foot puddle and engine stopped. What do you do with that? I probably would have stopped and just said, yeah, your engine's hydrolocked. What can I help you with See, next? that's why I'm a mechanic. Because I actually, <laughs> I didn't get into this detail, which Brandon will yell at me for later, is I started out as an advisor and then went backwards during uh, an economic crunch. Oh, so you're saying my job is better um, than yours? You said you went backwards. Well, meaning I went back into the shop. Most most advisors tend to start in a shop and then work into advising. Yeah, because like of air conditioning. Air conditioning. But see, some guys like me are just stubborn enough, and we get air conditioning in the shop. <laughs> you complain um, enough till it happens. So, <laughs> he slapped his leg. Nothing for, nothing bad you, happened. Thank you for uh, <laughs> making me lose my train of thought here. Where were we? You were saying something about driving through a four-foot puddle and how to keep a straight face while, yeah, while taking yeah. that information. Yeah, I mean, at some point, like, I definitely would have told the person that they did not purchase a boat. <laughs> and, and, I mean, the fact that the words, I drove my car through a visible four-foot, like, because it wasn't like she accidentally drove through a pond. GPS didn't take her the wrong directions, cross the tracks, and send her into the Hudson. <laughs> this is, I was driving, there was a flood area, there were emergency vehicles around me, and I have, like, there was a witness of a fireman who stated the wall of water was flying over her roof. <laughs> she tried to drive through this puddle so fast. Now, let's break it down to the basics. You know, your engine's kind of like your body. It's got to breathe. It's got to uh-huh. take air in. It's got to let it out. So it's pretty much like you're trying to breathe underwater. What's going to happen? Your lungs fill up, you can't breathe, right? You get to meet Dale Earnhardt. You get to meet Dale, all right? (laughs) I'm sorry if that offended anybody. uh, Yeah, I was going to say me. No, it doesn't offend me, but I forget other people are listening to us. And we we may have to look. We don't know that yet. So we could have nobody. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, so people, my, my, you know, like, don't drive your cars through puddles that, you know. Yeah, I've are, are four or five feet deep. I've had um, tuner guys say the same thing. You know, they'll put like the cold air intake on their car. And now the air's coming in from like in front of the front tire. And they go, oh, I can make it through this puddle. And then done. Yeah. 
And it's so funny because, you know, being in the business, like the floods hit the area, right? Uh, there yeah, was flooding yeah, yeah, all yeah. over the place. So every dealership had at least two or three cars. The customers just blatantly drove through a lake and were like shocked when it died. <laughs> yeah. And then it's up to us. You know, it's got to be a warranty issue, right? Because, you know. Oh, the goodwill stuff. Oh, not even yeah. goodwill. Let's, let's forget George Washington, right? <laughs> the old GW stamp. There's a couple people out there. If you're listening, I know you're laughing right now. So, George Washington, yeah. Um, goodwill is when we, we don't want to hold anybody accountable, accountable for yeah, what they yeah. did, you know. And it's, it's gotten to the point where they're trained so well. Just, just come in and kick your feet enough, and it's okay. But, you know, in their defense, the insurance adjuster, who looked like he couldn't put together a paper airplane, came out. It was and, the same and, guy and, from today, right? Yes, definitely. Oh. The same guy, okay? <laughs> so there are guys out there that um, won't give you 30 cents to fix this customer's car, which they have coverage for. And then there's other yeah. guys that don't know what car they're looking at and just write the check. So, okay. Here's the game as a technician. Um, I was in the office because I have somewhat of a personal personality. I oh, yeah, think. people love you. I love, uh, you know, like, I remember having an adjuster come in, and everybody was just, oh, this guy, this guy. But I always heard him talking about something specific, or they wanted to talk about something. So he came in, and I had an adjuster. And it, it, it was a car that, listen, they have an aftermarket warranty. The car has 150,000 miles. Let's face it. Warranty company probably doesn't cover much. And your car... <laughs> Is just blatantly been not taken care of long enough. So people watch these these aftermarket warranties you're buying. Really, yeah. Okay. Um, Before you continue, and I don't care if they fucking come after us, do not under any circumstance purchase a car shield or American Auto Shield aftermarket insurance policy. Okay, continue. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So. That thing is, I have a warranty that I purchased at my, my used car dealer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, read the fine print. Most likely it covers the air in your tires, possibly. No, so um, you, you know, say there's... read the fine print, but people don't know what to look for. They don't know what's going to happen. Right. The most common wording in these contracts that I see is internally lubricated components. Half the time we can't even define that. Is right. a timing chain right. internally lubricated? Yeah, oil gets sprayed on it and keeps it from going bad, but they won't fucking cover it. They'll find a way out of everything. True. And that's their job. I mean, has anybody ever to deal with their insurance agent in a car accident? Loss prevention. But Um, there's one guy from Unsaid Insurance Company, not an aftermarket auto warranty company, but an actual collision insurance company, uh, seems to like to approve things, which is awesome. They can still go either way, which I never understood because I was like, you're not like, I, I never knew if there was any incentive on, on their end. You know, are, are you, are you, are you given a bump if you're writing less money on that claim? You know, like I never understood. What is it different? Because at the bottom line, well, it's this customer prevention. has been paying every month mm-hmm. since day one to cover their vehicle, which they worked hard for to get whether they deserve it or not, or they bought the right car or not. But so... I cover every month I give you money and then I call you up that one time I need something because somebody hit me or whatever. I did something. I screwed up. And then you're going to try to like chip down on that, you know? And I, I just, I never. Well, use, use parts like, too. That's like the big kicker. A lot of yeah, people like, don't even realize like, all the parts you get when you get so a new car. When, accident, I, when, I, when I covered my Civic, mm-hmm. it was a different rate than my BMW. Of course. So when I need a BMW repair, why are you trying to put some, Chinese Cheap part Chinese on part on my German built vehicle. Right. You charge me a premium based on my vehicle, yet you dictate what I can fix it with. You yeah. know? And you know, bottom line, people, and and, and if you think you have a new car and you're gonna crash it and you're gonna get all new parts, <laughs> listen, unless you legitimately are driving a, let's say, higher end vehicle, BMW, where that, that initial purchase price can justify but I, I still worked at a BMW dealership with a collision center, and they were constantly fighting with the adjusters, wanting to put used parts on these cars, Chinese parts, aftermarket parts. I'm yeah, sorry, found, you know what an aftermarket part here. is? Yeah, no, that that's okay, because you're taking it off a car that was crashed already, and this door, that. You charge me for the premium car I bought, you're going to put the premium parts in, and you 
You do people, have that option. People you do, do have you, that you option. You do have that option, okay? Um, glass coverage is another one out there, too. Really? I've never had a problem Huge. with glass coverage. So. so um, yeah, so I get to look at this get, from you, a consumer perspective. Get, yeah, so glass coverage, all right? You crash, you get your crack. You got glass coverage, right? Here's your, yeah, your yeah. supplement, okay? It's it's $100 deductible or say $50 deductible. But we're in bed with Safe Light. We're going to put that windshield in for you. It's got to be a Safe Light glass. It's going to be their glass. Mm. We make it just as good as the manufacturer did that built your car. Yeah. And <laughs> the guy that's putting it in, he's top notch. Yeah. Okay. This is a true story. And because I have a brother in the body shop industry, you know, he works on the body shop. Right, right. I'm the mechanic. He gave me some insight, and I needed a windshield in my vehicle. I have glass coverage. And he said, well, go ahead and put the claim in. And I did. And he said, and when they come back, argue the fact that you need BMW glass because of the rain light sensor. Right. And the system needs to be recalibrated after glass is done. And SafeLight reassured me that they would do all of that and that their glass was up to standards. Meanwhile, at these same time, we had three vehicles in our shop from SafeLight. Two of them with massive water leaks. <laughs> of course. Um, one was an X5, and that water that leaked through the seam of the windshield, which they improperly installed for $159. Go figure. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Took out a $500 fuse block. The main thing, car was completely dead, you know? So... There's that $1,500 repair. Another one. Who pays for that, though? Um, at that point, SafeLight's paying for it. Okay. Um, because the car is now there under SafeLight's name, or the customer will then reimburse or go back. Right. You know, at this point, it's, it's, hey, I'm here to fix your car. I apologize for your situation you're in. But my time to correct it is, is needed, and, you know, you can yeah, go well, after them. Because, right. a lot honestly, of people a lot of time, you know that, the situation. But... We're not the guy that screwed up the car, and sometimes when you find the real problem... You end up being the bad guy because it's not they're so frustrated it's every time. And and you know I we're on our bias side, but I am also a consumer, you know, so I can appreciate it. But people don't think about their cars the way we do. No, definitely not. They just think it should be there for me when I want to hop in it and go. And yep. if it lets me down, it's somebody's fault. It's yeah, not it mine. Will, and, it's not. And and I'm going to take it at the guy at the counter. Yeah, and, and there, please, there's there's a misconception that as long as the car is moving down the road and it's not making any noises, that it's perfectly fine. Right, right. That and that's super dangerous. People, there really should be education, a well, general education and for I vehicles. And put this into manufacturers, sending all these high maintenance, like low maintenance vehicles. Yeah. Okay, you know, if we go back even thirty years, I'm going to start dating myself at some point in this podcast. <laughs> um, but everyone thirty years ago. I'm 30. Most so likely, this is when I was born. <laughs> knew how to jump a starter solenoid on the side of the road. Oh, of course. Knew how to change a tire. Knew you were supposed to set your tire pressure weekly, if not daily. You checked your oily regularly. You know, like everything was done. These cars were dying at 50,000 miles. You had no choice. You had to be a part time mechanic just to be a car owner 30, 40 years ago. Word. Now, even though the time hasn't gone, now it's like we have these unrealistic expectations in these vehicles we drive. You should be able to jump oh, yeah. in it, start it up, and rip down the road right the second you hop in it without a problem. And we love all the technology that's put in it and all those easy little creature comforts that we feel. But then when she breaks down, stuff, yeah, stuff are insane now. Stuff like, it's, you it's, didn't even know was there. Yeah. And the stuff that you don't even know is there that you take for granted every day, now because of the complexity of all of these cars and the computer systems, they're causing major issues. Right. You used to be able to ignore that problem. You're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, this just doesn't work anymore. Yep. All right. But now I can't use my passenger side mirror. It doesn't like right. I can't I have to get out of the car and move the glass around by hand. Right. Try doing but that now. Now when the Lin bus is down in that mirror, it takes out the driver's mirror as well. And you may And your it, left the, turn the, signal the, stops. The communication <laughs> signals. Like it, something you can't almost it's like you can't ignore the problem anymore. Yeah, you can't. It, um because can't. I don't think consumers realize how much information is going through these cars every second and how much is shared and how they're all tied together. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's when your car goes through a corner and you're driving too fast and you don't notice that there's all this intervention happening to keep you going around that co that curve and not yeah. spill your Starbucks while you're driving. 
It's crazy, and especially there is, and 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 then when then something goes on and you just get a simple light, and I tell you it's a four thousand dollar repair, there's nothing wrong with my car. <laughs> out just of the, the blue, light. to just them, the out light. of the blue, and it's it's you know? you know it's 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 hard to explain that to a customer. You know, it um, start. I feel like it started with the dynamic. Um, Oh, what do they call it? When the headlights move with the steering wheel. Every every manufacturer has a different name for it. But that was like the first really big thing that I think became an issue for people. Because then when you got a wheel alignment, you were supposed to adjust that. Right. Uh, and, well, and, you know, and also they don't understand what does it take for make that headlight do that? Right. It needs okay. its own motor it system. It needs modules, motors, and everything in there that used to be literally just a glass housing with a light bulb. Yep. And 50 years ago... It was a candle, literally. <laughs> now these things can look at the stars, look left, look right, everywhere. The second you turn the wheel, and so when I tell you that that headlight that's bad is about $3,000, yeah, you don't understand why you're looking at your $1,200 cell phone I, in I your pocket. I quoted one for a Land Rover that was 2600 bucks like last week. And I then... had a customer needed a state inspection, and his headlight was out, and he needed $7,000 worth of headlights because both of them were out, yep. and all the modules were wiped out, and it required programming. And it, it it's frustrating because yeah, it was just a bad seal in the headlight originally, but moisture yeah, that, gets in. That was the argument. Takes over, and now I'm sorry, you're just here for your twenty one dollar inspection, and I know that's all you want. Here, this is what you need, though. Technically, by law. And, yeah. Well, and here, here's the thing. thing: you can sit there and you can say by law, you can say, well, it requires this. The 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 fact of the matter is, the customer looks at you, and you're the deterrent. Between them and getting an inspection sticker. Right. Not New York State's regulations, right. which and, I am vowed to uphold. And the, yeah, and the crazy thing about that is the, pe the penalization for the shop and for the technician, the state inspector who looks at the vehicle, if there's something found to be fraudulent. And I'll tell you this, for any new technician or new state inspector or any customer, I, you know, I don't care. The state, well, I guess we gave away that we're in New York, but I don't think that matters. But... The state will never side with the technician, ever. I've seen it so bad where the rotors were literally cracked, and one of the failure notices for rotors is cracked. You know, stress cracks, whatever. It was cracked. Customer raised holy hell about it, called the state DMV, brought it down, inspected the car, said, no, I, I would still let this pass. And it's a discretionary. So here yeah. is the first thing I was taught, and this was in my inspector's class, by the teacher teaching the class. Mm. I don't know if he's still with the state. He probably is because it's a state job. But You never leave. I'm, I'm not going to get <laughs> out of here. So the bottom line, he said, if it, there is something questionable, we have a hotline. You call in, you get that person on the phone, and you describe the issue. And then they will, most, they will give you a pass or fail, their recommendation. You get the time, you get that person's phone number, and you document it on the RO. I have been told this and as well. And when you come back, and I have had to use that, and I've actually almost been standing up on my desk arguing with the guy, and I'm like, I understand you cannot see what I'm looking at, but this is not safe. Right. And that's the thing that I think, let's say, irks me as a technician, and when you're upset that I failed you on something, is that you got to understand that New York State regulations is a bare minimum. It's literally oh, yeah. like this Super is the bare, bare minimum for your car to be okay on the road. You don't have okay. to have a door. Yeah. You don't have to have a seat. Yeah. If the seat's taken thing? out, you all, don't even need a fucking seatbelt. All these guys driving around in their pickups without doors because yep. they're cool or they can't afford a Jeep. Well, guess what? There is no structural integrity left in that vehicle now. Okay. Yeah. Jeeps without, are engineered yeah. to take their doors off. Still, well, probably not the safest car to crash out there. Yeah, I wouldn't but recommend But my point is... You don't see the structure behind that. There's a reason no. you are okay to take those doors off, okay? So when you take it off your regular pickup or your Jeep Cherokee, because you want to get that look, realizing you are now in a big tin can that's going to crush. Yeah. Because without that holding that whole, whole body together, the structure together is not solid without it being complete. Yep. The other, the other thing, too, is, you know, wind noise preventing you from being able to hear things outside of the vehicle. When you have the doors off, you know. It, um, I had a Jeep with no doors. The best thing in my life was driving with no top and no doors. And I hung my foot out the door. And this oh, you had the little, board. you put your foot you on the hinge. You got to put on the running board, you know. <laughs> you just got to be cool because you just got to rub it in. But 
No, and, and also, though, that was a vehicle. I like cruising around. I didn't go over 45. Like, you didn't drive that car 90 miles an hour on the highway. It's still a Jeep. Yeah, you don't. I cruise around. You, know? you don't drive and, a Jeep anywhere at 90 fun. miles an hour. <laughs> Unless I, you got a. You, you what's got, that Hellcat? I think that was so, that new one. So, oh, there's a Hellcat the, Jeep the, the, now? The Trackhawk. Oh, my God. It's a Grand Cherokee. A Wrangler? Trackhawk? No. Well, they're working on it. The yeah, hybrid might come in, but no, there was a. I'll take a Gladiator track off. They put a. Uh, they they definitely put a, a Hellcat. I hate Wrangler. just just for all the listeners out there. I'm super biased. I hate all American vehicles, um, and I, I hate Brandon. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not a muscle car fan. I'm not a fan. Of, I like Italian, German, he Swedish likes the four cheese. cars. The uh, what the quattro? Oh, the quattro Fordilio. I was calling it the quattro Formaggio, which is four cheese, but it's an Alfa Romeo quattro Fogilio, which is the four leaf, and not the new Stilo one either. Um, this was a 1974 Berlina or something. Yeah. Or, I forget, yeah. but it yeah, it was it was the quattro Fogilio. Um, With the shamrocks in the label. Yeah, and it's a fucking Italian car company. <laughs> I, I didn't get that one. The the Irish could never, ever produce a car. There'd be no way. There'd be no way. Uh, I, I mean, and it's nothing to do again. It's just... My I'm last name's I've, Kennedy. I, I can say whatever I, the fuck I I've want. I've been to the country. You know, <laughs> I've um, been I there. The, the infrastructure's not there. What do they, they drive there? I, uh, Hyundai's, right? Just, everything's Probably small over Hyundai's. there. They're all small. There was lots of Volkswagens. It was a popular one. Um, Wasn't the Golf like the number one selling car in the entire world? I'm sure it was. At one that's point. that's like a thing. But everything was a small diesel. But that's all Europe. They've they've been doing 50, 60, 70 miles per gallon for the last like thirty years. And, oh yeah, I remember and, that episode. And, 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 and you know, on diesel fuel, which you know, that episode of Top Gear, Jeremy Clarkson drove that Audi. I think it was an A6 or an A8 diesel. From like the left side of England to the right side of England, east or west, I don't give a fuck. People leave me alone. Um, and he did it on like one tank, but he had to be like super easy on the pedal and like had the whole thing calculated out. But the American model of that car would not have gotten that type no, of mileage. No, not at all. Not yeah, at we, all. They, they're, um, they're, we need them. You know, I mean, they, the roads—they don't have the infrastructure. We literally built roads around our big ass vehicles. Yeah. You know. Where I was driving there, and I was on a road that turned into a goat path. And it was still on the GPS, and it still told me to keep going. I said, listen, my mini Volkswagen van is a little too tight for do here. We're do you want to hear out. something absolutely fucking crazy? I, I don't know if it's true, but I, I, I got it from iFunny the other day. And I kind of believe a lot of stuff that comes from iFunny just because I want to, and it's convenient. So... Apparently, there's something called the Eisenhower Highway System. And somebody correct me on the wrong or vindicate me if I'm right, please. Uh, but apparently, most of the highways built after Eisenhower's time, every five miles of highway, there has to be at least a one mile straight, completely straight section of highway. And it was built so that we could literally set up like an air base almost anywhere in the country. God forbid there was ever war. Really? Yeah, and it, and it came to American soil. So that I mean, I, I, I don't believe know it. the truth behind it, but it makes sense <laughs> if you think about the times when this, yeah. is, this, this these roads are being developed and that program was developed for sure. Yep, I'm like that's super crazy. And these here, these watch all the movies where they're landing planes on fucking highways and stuff, and you go, huh, well, maybe that maybe that could be the case. What were we talking about? We definitely were not talking off of the topic points on our list. We we got off. We no. started with the customer states. We started with the customer states. And then it was supposed to be customer education, which I guess we kind of did cover because I told them not to buy a car shield warranty. Yeah, so and that's super. That, that'll be we, we we were going to talk about tire pressure, but maybe we'll do that next episode. We need something uh, to do, you know? Because what's well, our time? I'll, t- I'll tell you this: we're at thirty-three minutes. Thirty-three minutes. Sorry, we you were planning try on a half hour. Forty-five. Call forty-five. I think we'll honestly, if we keep talking, I think we're going to go a full hour. We could easily do that, and I think we could keep on going. Um, but we do. Yeah, no, we, have, we're cutting we off in an short, hour. See yeah. if we get anybody actually to listen to the show. If, if, um, if there's too many, like, long pauses at 45 minutes, we'll cut it off there. But otherwise, I think we'll just keep going to an hour. Um, so halfway there, guys. This is the part where... If you're where, still here, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate seriously, it. No, seriously, honestly, th- like, this is hopefully something that we will... Like, you're playing in the shop right now while you are smashing your knuckles on that stripped-out, oh, rusty 12.5-millimeter bolt that, that was a that, 15, That's the goal. Ago. I would love nothing more... Than to walk into a local shop and hear our voices on somebody's Bluetooth speaker. On I their hate my voice, so other than in these earphones all uh, modified yeah. up. I hate I my voice, too, it, and Tom wanted to record this video-wise, and I do photography and video stuff 
all the time, and I just do not like the way I look on camera, so yeah, I didn't do it. Because he doesn't have his pit vipers yet. That's going to be our official sponsor. Of the I, show, I, I do not Whether own or not they are pit vipers yet. I have six, so we're good. Well, I'll get I'll get my own. I I'm a germaphobe like that. Um. Yeah, we let's do the tire pressure. All right. Thing. All right. Let's talk about tire pressures. Well, so so because I didn't give too much of an in depth detail earlier, I did start with uh, at a tire shop. We were mainly a tire mm -hmm. undercare service. So steering, suspension, brakes, shocks, struts, tires, brakes, alignments. That's what we did. Family owned, high volume, and honestly, definitely developed me into the technician I was because of the skills I learned there. Okay. When you go, I need this. And they're like, we don't have that. Figure it out. Well, you did. You figured it out. You had no choice. You'd go back. And I can't figure this out. I'm like, well, figure it out. <laughs> I, feel, I feel very 50-50 about that. Um. Well, no, basically, let's just say, as I was learning to fix cars, I was learning to fix them on cars that everything broke, or there was not yeah. parts available. So I you had to, you know... I don't mean 50-50 on whether or not that's the right thing to do. Absolutely, regardless of anything, there are fixes that a experienced professional mechanic... I said mechanic, I hate myself. Technician can perform on a vehicle... That are not something the dealership would do. That are not something you would find in the mainstream. That are totally safe and could get you on your way doing what you need to do. My thing about 50-50 is, um, as of late, I feel like I hear more, I'm not doing it without like the specific repair. For certain stuff that, in my history, in my past, I would have I repaired. Right. Coming from somebody that's been in the business and done both, it is situational. Definitely. But you got to understand, like, when you're looking at a dealership technician or somebody that came from the dealer, like, that's their product. They sold that product. Right. The part failed. You need a new part. There, okay? was, a, there was a part number for every um, single item you used. And by changing that part, and, you know, like, you're the hero when you fix it, but when that repair fails again in a month or two, if right. it does... You are the biggest asshole in the world. And you know what? <laughs> I, it, no, I, I've been called an asshole enough. I'm good. Yeah. You know? Um, and so. I, I, I understand I, what you're I, saying. I was confused option. for a second. Like, I was confused for a second. But you're saying if you, if you were to repair, make a repair that wasn't with a factory part or make a repair on something that uh, was without. I'm saying something where this guy would replace the part, this guy would maybe, re repairs are tough, repairs getting tough, because it is tougher and tougher to actually repair yeah. things and components. But it's like, oh, this broke and I can weld it back on. That's a repair in my eyes. And if it's right. legit and you are a good welder, because anybody that picks up a welder is not a welder. Oh my God. I've been practicing and I've been doing <laughs> it and they still look like shit. Once in a while I can get something solid to stick, but honestly, I'm not, you know, I can lay a nice bead on your exhaust. That's beautiful. It's going to look great. It's not going to leak. It's solid. Am I ready to start busting out roll cages or anything like that? <laughs> not on my life or anybody else's. Yeah, you I'm, know, there's something to be said. And just because welder. it made it or you've seen it work, yeah, I've seen too many things go wrong where don't take the chance. And sometimes it's like you're asking for the failure right. where... Oh, yeah, I don't know if there's a specific thing you're thinking about. I'm not because, thinking about repairs anything. repairs and changing can go from right. component, you know, from, from each situation to I'm, each situation. It literally, the only instance that shows up in my head, and this hasn't actually, this happened in my past, but it hasn't happened recently, and I can't think of a specific car that, that, I, that I'm thinking about on it, but let's say uh, replacing like a molded uh, cooling line with a straight piece of hose. Right. Right, it's molded for a reason so that the certain areas of the hose don't, don't, Either a kink and right. cause a flow issue, or collapse, or or cause stress or on just, the plastic nipple. Because right. what I'm actually thinking of is people. I've watched repairs where people put a straight hose where there should be a ninety, right. and it breaks the plastic nipple off of the the cooling reservoir. And yeah, you might have been the guy that day because that family was on vacation, headed somewhere, uh, you know, and you got them back on the road because that molded hose wasn't available till next day, and you got them on the road that day. But when the hose broke off on their way back home and the shop wasn't open because it was the weekend and you got that nasty Google review. Now, again, and, none and of yes, this happened. This, this is just happen. theoretical. This 20 years ago. There were no Google reviews. Right. So yeah. it was like, they're on the road. Yeah. There was no liability. <laughs> Tail warranty. You know, the guy gets back to New York. He's like, don't stop at that shop in Virginia. And I'm yeah. Like, yeah. There was no accountability. Yeah. And 
And it could have been the best intentions in the world too. That's the other and thing. And that's the thing is is we do as technicians sometimes get that bad rap. Everybody's out there just to just oh, I didn't need that or he's a ripoff. He's right. a thief. You know, honestly, the reason I started working on cars is because I couldn't afford a mechanic. And my family has horrible luck when it comes to cars. Yeah. We were always broken, always fixing Plus them. Plus you drive a BMW. Um I'm a fucking <laughs> masochist as well. So um I got into it. And, and, and one of my pride, and I, I can honestly say maybe it was just instilled from my parents, but I, I, I literally treat every car like it was my mother's car. Okay. I would, I want to fix your car as a customer, even though I'd never seen her known. Like if this is my mom's car and she was about to hop in it and drive across the country, that's how I'm fixing it. You know? Yeah. See and, the- and, and I've, I, I always hated getting into the corporate where they're like, well, you didn't sell a lot of these this month. Right. I was, I was raised like, corporate. So basically <laughs> there weren't that many that needed it. Yeah. Cause I'm not, you know, there are enough, there's enough neglect out there by oh, consumers. Yeah. I'll find stuff on your car for the bit. This is on the business owner side. If there's anyone listening still, um, I'll find enough that's wrong and give you legitimate repairs and, and oh, get yeah. the legitimate revenue. But the problem so is the those thing is, is you get into those. those places, you know what it breeds? It breeds a guy that's good at selling power steering flushes, batteries, and cool flushes, and this and that and that. But if your car's actually got a problem, they don't care. They don't know. They ignore they it. They can't, or they you know blow how many you times? off. Right. They just ignore it, and they get this flush in, I'll, and yeah. then they blow you off. I'll be 100% honest with you. I've seen people ignore brakes that are, like, grinding or almost metal to metal on somebody or leaking brake lines. True story. Leaking brake lines on the back of a Chevy uh, Cavalier. Ignored. By a service manager. This was a couple of years back. You know, definitely not the place I work at now, but ignored by a service manager because their brake dollars were high enough that day. But they didn't have a cooling flush on the board. They knew the brakes were leaking. But only told the customer about the coolant flush because they were afraid if they presented both items to them, they wouldn't get the coolant flush. They wouldn't get the coolant flush, and he had to get a coolant flush. It could have maybe saved that person's life, but uh, yeah. we, we got to get that coolant flush that, because that lifetime coolant needs to be changed. It's sixty thousand miles. So bad. <laughs> well, if it's a Volkswagen, uh, it does. <laughs> only where it leaks. Yeah, but they, they leak at thirty thousand. <laughs> Dealing with that on a constant basis. If you own a Volkswagen, flush your coolant. 10 times more than the factory recommends or you are going to be replacing an oil water separate or an, sorry, an oil separator. Uh, P.S. You're probably going to do it anyway because it's made of plastic and it's bolted to aluminum. Heating expansion happens over 5,000 miles. Right, I'm just trying to help you guys out. If you don't want to listen to me, don't listen to me. Either way, you're going to need it. <laughs> All right. So we were going to talk about tire pressures. Set them. All right. Yeah. What's that TPMS light look like? That little horseshoe thing with Ooh, the exclamation I've heard, point? I've heard a lot of descriptions right? of that. So what's the best? It's just like the horseshoe cupping the, the exclamation point. No, usually I just get exclamation point. I've got that, that exclamation I'm like, is it a triangle? Because the European cars give you that warning, that right. triangle with the exclamation point. And they always go, no, not really a triangle. And I'm like, does it look like a horseshoe? And they're like... They pause for a while, like they don't remember what a horseshoe looks like. Because well, it's upside go, down. Yeah, it's an upside yeah, down yeah. horse. They used to see them hanging the <laughs> other way. That's true. And then they go, it's like a U. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. It sounds like a tire light. So, so P.S., that doesn't mean make a service appointment with your near shop, okay? That means you haven't probably checked your air pressure since you purchased your vehicle. Go to Stewart's, yeah. or in New York, there's plenty of them. Free air, baby. Just go get it. And you know what? They're all digital now, too. It's not yeah, like they're using those great. shit gauges that right. they used to use. And so know. this is the biggest thing, people. Open your door. Yes. Look around that area where your seatbelt gets caught sometimes and you shut in the door. <laughs> Hopefully you can still read. There's your tire pressures that are recommended by the manufacturer. Yes. So this sticker um, is always white and yellow with black writing and sometimes some red lines and such. You have one, I promise you. I promise you. It may be on the door itself. It may be in the body of where the door, you know, in the channel of the body. But basically, that's the recommended tire pressure for your vehicle. Front and rear, loaded, unloaded. You do the math. But if you just put the baseline in, that's it. Um, Tires will seep air out there. People don't understand. It's, It's... over time, a tire will lose a little bit of air. Normal. The whole idea behind the whole nitrogen thing, which we can get into some oh, other yeah, time. Fuck nitrogen. Um, scam. Yes. Um, basically, just check your air pressure. You don't have to make an appointment. 
set your pressure. If that light comes on the next day, okay, you probably got a leak, make an appointment. But if that light came on for the first time in forever, go adjust your pressures, set them to what the door plaque says, not what the tire says, not what looks good. That's Because I've also seen people pull important. up and where the fill station where you're parking is kind of on like a off camber hill. Yeah. So that right, like yep. people will literally pull in and it will say tire low and they, <laughs> they don't look at the pressure. They just look at the one that looks low. Yeah. The, so if, yeah, you that's are, the worst. if you are that's off the camber worst. and your vehicle's leaning to the right, your right side tires are carrying more weight. They're going to squish more. Yep. I've had cars come in with like 65, 70 PSI on these tires. And I know they were just filling it up till it looked good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that does not... The front like, tires... The other thing to remember, too, unless you're driving a Porsche or another mid-engine, rear-engine vehicle, um, your front tires are always going to look more squished than the back. Right. They, it's right. carrying the weight of the engine up there. They usually tend to have a lower pressure in the front. That's true. Unless it's an ass. Some Audis... When you get into the... Yeah, I've there's... I've seen some Audis where there's, like, two PSI higher in the front. There's variations BMW tended to mostly be biased, like, higher yeah. in the rear. Um, but that's the pressure that the manufacturer, like... People don't get the tire was designed for that vehicle to handle the way the manufacturer wanted. Right. And they dialed in that handling with the proper air pressure. It carries the weight properly of the vehicle and should give you a e good even wear. Do that. Running around with yeah. I, 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 I know I, I, I know that everybody out there listening is like, but my dad always taught me to, to read you had to look on the sidewall of the tire and or find more, that. More air pressure is better gas mileage, yeah, right? Yeah. And at some point you got to realize your dashboard's rattling over every pavement seam. Right. You got too much air in your tires. There's also, if you ever want to find out the importance of tire pressure, buy a motorcycle. Because that is your life at that point. And you need to check those pressures every time you go out on the bike. People neglect it on a car because, you know. Let's face it, we're safer for a crash in a car, right? That's what well, it comes yeah, down to. Definitely. Say 100% you know? safer for a crash in a and, car. And on a motorcycle, you've got, a, you know, one goes, you only have one wheel. You get yeah. a flat in a car, you've got three more tires on the ground. Mm -hmm. You've got some control. Um, yeah. Maybe that, we can end with the guy that I saw. I was wondering why he was driving 30 miles an hour on the side of 87 the other day and realized it's because he had a U-Haul trailer and no longer <laughs> had a tire on the back. Oh, and nice. And was just... I'm just going to keep going. Just keep going. Yeah, not my trailer. Not I took the trailer, insurance. Not my nothing. I paid the extra $1.99 uh, so that I don't have to forget about everybody behind me that the tire shards are flopping off or possibly oh, yeah. rip off the fender yeah. and sending the guy behind me with his three kids in the car. But yeah. I just don't feel like stopping right now. Yeah, tire, tire pressure is very important. If we, can, if we can communicate one message to people, check your tire pressures regularly. Once and a month. And take a look at them. Yeah. Take a look at the tires when you're doing it. Turn the wheel. Take a look inside, outside. That, that's important. When you park the car, put I, it in park. Turn the wheel all the way left, all the way right, whatever is more comfortable for you. Get out and look at the tire because then you can see it all the way across. Looking at the outside of the tire, you're only going to see half of it. Right. There's nothing you can do for the back unless you want to, you know, stick your head underneath and, and look. Um, but just look at them. If something looks odd, odds are there's an issue. Right. You know? Um, Bumps, bulges. Anything, hey, did you want you know, to talk about the, the 1999 Firestone tire debacle? Well, I mean, basically, if any of you are old enough to remember that, or actually listen to this, um, Ford slash Firestone, big, uh, big to-do back in the late 90s, where there was a massive recall on Firestone tires that were fitted mainly on Ford Explorers. Mm -hmm. And the issue was severe blowouts, more catastrophic blowouts, cars left and right. They, and you know, it made the, it sound like literally driving off the road the most, in flames, blowing up. I guess the, the most misleading thing I've heard about that or misinformation I've gotten about that is that Firestone produced the tires with one ply less than what they were advertised or supposed to. But that ended up not being the case. I really don't. I never, ever heard any, never really read into too much. Um, one thing that did stick with me was that it was shown that the Explorer initially was failing its rollover test. And Ford kept lowering the air pressure until it could pass the rollover test. Mm -hmm. A stiffer tire is not going to give as much, and it's going to let the body roll is going to take over and then tip the vehicle over. So if right. we mush the tires down a bit, more of that body roll and inertia is now pushed and dissipated through the tire. I believe the door plaque pressure on those vehicles came in at like 26 psi or yeah, something was, like that. Yeah, it was crazy. Which, it was 26, 27 you know, psi. I mean, I, we're, we're preaching what the door says, but honestly, anything below 30 is really kind of like, Ugh. 
Yeah, if you're if you like, if like you go out to your got car, a little old 1950s yeah. car that weighs two thousand pounds <laughs> on a little twelve inch yeah. rim, you know. If you go out to your car and you look at that sticker and it says thirty or less, take a picture of it and hashtag Das Auto Guys or, or send it to us on Twitter please, please. or something because we'd really like to know. Uh, that is to us very dangerous. Um, but we haven't seen everything. Right. So if right. you have we, it, we, if please are open to new information. Prove us wrong. Oh, yeah, for please. Sure. Please. Um, There's so much misinformation in the automotive community. Um, if you know different, this isn't, I'm not open to debate things with people who. We don't want opinions here. Yeah, I don't send want us, opinions. Send us I fact. need, yeah, I need send facts. Send us something we can research and come back to yeah. you about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but bottom line is when they, you know, you set an air pressure that low, and they said we were in the generation of where we're already just turn the key and go. We don't have to check mm -hmm. anything. They say these cars are good. They're more reliable. I shouldn't have to worry about it. And there was a study done where they went around and randomly checked the air pressures of these vehicles that were fitted with those Firestone tires. Okay, so the Explorers and such? The Explorers and such. And the average pressure that they found was about 13 to 15 PSI. That is like... Yeah, it's crazy. I run more in my mountain bike tires. You know? <laughs> um, race fans out there, there's a difference between a race tire going out at 10 PSI and doing 180 yeah. miles an hour track because that tire is now... It's called heat. At every 10 degree <laughs> increase or decrease, there's a two PSI change in your tire. Yeah. 80 degrees, it's 32 PSI. 90 degrees, it's going to be closer to 34 and vice versa. You go yeah. backwards. That's why you hear people say, hey, bump your air pressures up in the winter, right? Yeah. Weather stays cold, that 32 PSI you put in there in spring was not the same. It, it is less yeah, pressure. You, you need, that is just... The, the old adage or, or misinformation of, oh, you got to get the winter air out of your tires and get the summer air in. It, there's no such thing as winter air or summer air. But you do need to change your tire pressures as the climate changes for those exact reasons. And all circles back to you should be checking this weekly, if not daily. Yes, and, 100%. And, and because of that Ford Explorer issue, that's what brought us to tire pressure lights, which have, well, initially it yeah, came but that was just, what's this new light on? In 1980-something, mm -hmm. before the whole issue, Porsche, was what, what Porsche did they release against the Ferrari F40? It was their answer to the F40. Was that the 959? It might have been. One of those, it, had, it was the first car to have the tire pressure. Really indicated yeah. on it. Well, it wasn't the mandate didn't come until two thousand and seven. I think so. The was, Tread Act was, of ninety nine, because of the Firestone incident, was a federal mandate that by the year two thousand and seven, right, every vehicle sold in the U S. had a tire pressure monitoring system. It didn't have to tell you what pressure was in there, but it had to warn you if the tires low were pressure. low. Um, so that's why every car has it, and it's technically. Now, I've heard this a lot, and people use this as an excuse. I personally don't care. I'm sure you don't. But it is actually a federal offense to take a tire pressure sensor out of a tire and put a rubber stem in. Because uh, you're deactivating the, the system. Once it's a federally mandated thing, yep. that's the same exact thing. It's like taking a seatbelt out of a converter. Yeah, right? take a cat out, take a seatbelt out, same thing. You are, you are, it's a federal mandate. It's there. It's got to be. I, I, you know? If somebody asked me to put a rubber stem in, I'd put a rubber stem in. I don't care. But it, it's technically illegal. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't deactivate that system. It's there. And you know what? For every person I've ever heard come to me and say, I hate it. The light's always on, you know, because they don't want to spend 250 bucks on a new sensor to put in the wheel and the batteries go dead. Um, you know, for every person I've heard say this is such a pain in the ass, three or five people say, thank God, because, like, I never... Right. I never checked. How would you know? You know what I mean? Honestly, yeah. I'm a mechanic. I don't check my pressure regularly. Well, I remember my dad used to kick the tires on his Jeep when he went outside. Hey, you know, I, you know? I have a good idea of when it's looking low. And also, I'm in tune to how my vehicle rides. I can tell if I have a little low tire, but still. That's us, know, though. It, that, that's, that's us. And, and honestly, like, don't underestimate your technicians. Some of us are really gifted and all right, partly so that, autistic, possibly. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, very, we, we, like, very. I, I can deal, like, noises, vibrations, and stuff in your vehicle. I am so finely tuned where I've literally had people come in, and they're like, I got a rattle, and I take a corner, and I'm like, what the hell was that? And yeah. I open the back and find 50 golf balls rolling around. I'm like, yeah. no, that's not it. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you mean that's not it? <laughs> that's it. You that's can ignore it. that, but you're looking for that one little rattle that happened once. I have two points that, of stuff that, that has gone by. I'll do the most 
recent first. So when you say you're finely tuned to the noises in people's cars and vibrations and feelings and stuff like that, I know what you mean. You're definitely better at it than I am. You're a technician. I sit at a counter all, all day. You know what I mean? But I was watching, was that movie Speed with the, the F1 rivalry between Nicky Lauda and I forget the one guy who raced for one year. But I don't watch TV or movies. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. So there was a scene in that where, where Nicky Loud is driving, uh, I think it was a BMW 2002, if I remember prop, um, correctly. But he's driving uh, through the Italian countryside with his girlfriend. and Or she's driving. I forget. But whatever. He says, uh, your serpentine belt's going to go. And she, she, first of all, the car didn't have a serpentine belt. It had a V-belt. But I think he did say serpentine belt. So, <laughs> or drive belt or something. So... And like two seconds later, of course, it being a movie, the bell goes or whatever. And she's like, oh, I can't believe that you knew that. And he's like, I, I can. He's like, I, he said something about having a finely tuned ass. Like <laughs> he could feel. First off, I don't think you could feel a serpentine belt going in the car. There's conditions where flapping. it would be. She's That's got a true. I would hear it right beforehand. But the right. person I feel a serpentine yeah, belt. The person I was watching the movie with was like, can you like, is that a real thing? And I'm like, oh, definitely. I'm like, I sit in people's cars, like, you go for a ride with somebody, and you're annoyed, and you go, dude, how long have you been ignoring that? And they're like... Well, that's what gets you on noise complaints, <laughs> yeah. is when they come in for this one little thing, and you're like... The wheel bearing. I can't hear my... I can't hear your radio. How loud have you been playing your radio for the last years? And that's another thing with noises, I want to tell you. So, it may be extreme to the technician, Yeah. but in the customer's defense, most noises start out light. Oh, definitely. And, and, and they very slowly and, and just gradually. Like, just like yep. the way our nose works. You would initially walk in and something smells bad. Yeah. Boom. But as time goes by, you don't smell. You get adjusted. You don't smell it as much. You mm -hmm. almost have to leave and come back. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like a guy working in the fish department. He don't smell fish anymore. <laughs> yeah, he I used to be a butcher, so I know. <laughs> you stink like meat. What do you mean I smell like meat? Meat like... Oh, it, it there has it a goes. smell. Um... That's the, the time for the end of the podcast. Well, we're at 56, so we've almost made it without any interruptions. But that means that my, my daughter's home. So okay. I guarantee you that right door is going to fly open. And she's be like, Dad! And I'll be like, are you fucking kidding me? No, I don't <laughs> <She's> do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, think, well, I don't know. I, I don't know how it sounds. I guess the viewers will have to let us know. Yeah, please let us um, know. Please, I promise you that future episodes will be more organized. This is legitimately... Um, the first time anybody's heard my voice, like recorded on radio, yeah. um, it's good that I'm not seeing anybody because otherwise I wouldn't be here. But this is something fun we decided to do. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, and hopefully we get a listener base and we can get yeah. some input back from you guys. We love it. Yeah, the, um, oh, definitely. Please, even if even if you're a fucking troll and you hate everything about life and you have, you know, no girlfriend living in your mom's basement. And I don't why know. you got to call me out, dude? I, <laughs> I sincerely no. apologize. I don't live in my um, parents' basement yet. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's just in the process of, of working of on, working it. on <laughs> it, doing that. That's horrible. I'm sorry. Don't be. I'm, uh, not, I'm not. Yeah, so I want... Uh, the plan is to release an episode every two weeks. Uh, Tom's got a really tight schedule um, because his son is a super uh, amazing, like, world... world We're not going to say world. class. Not yet. Well, um, he will be. We're world trying. class We're hoping. We're hoping. lacrosse athlete. So he he's on like three different teams and does weekend tournament events and crazy shit. So I don't know if he's going to be available as often as I would like him to be to do this. So there but may... as long as there's a future. Oh, right? definitely. I mean, I, yeah. I, summer's insane for me. I must say we, we do the timing of starting this up was uh, was tricky, but I'm going to do my best to be here. Yeah, I really had a good time. Yeah. Oh, uh, this was this I was love, fun. Like, two two people here that love to hear themselves talk. So, oh, uh, totally. <laughs> I feel like we practice at work sometimes too. Like, oh man, like we'll have a conversation, but we'll start pretending like we're on a podcast. Well, and now that we've actually got one under our belt, <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. know, man. Like, how do we how do we distribute this to everybody but the people we don't want? Fuck them. They just got to take it. Pretty much, I, I agree. Like you, you pick it up. Or they put probably it down. didn't listen this listen. far, anyways. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, man. <laughs> All right, that's it? it. I think that's it. I can cut. I can end this wherever I feel like. So, I, we could have already ended it, and nobody's going to hear. We this don't part. even know if this is the end or I, not. I haven't clicked All the. Right. I have to hold shift and spacebar to stop it from recording, and I haven't done that yet. Okay, technicians. Here's your tip of the day. Oh, are we doing a technician tip of the day? Why not?
don't buy tools from Snap? Uh, no. Riff. Riff? Riff. Riff. Who's Riff? Reading is fundamental. Oh, okay. Read the fucking RO. Yeah, so... Make sure when you go to your advisor, you have addressed every single concern that that customer has brought to you. Why are you advocating for me right now? This is weird. No, I'm advocating for me, because I love giving my advisor a hard time. Yes, I know. And and this I way, am like, your advisor. Make sure you do everything so like they can't pick on you. You can only pick on them because it's us yeah. against them. Just remember that. It is always it is service advisors against technician all the time, and that is a hundred percent why I want Tom here. All right, man. It was a good time. I appreciate it. Thank you. This was awesome. Staring directly into your eyes. I've for never looked directly an hour. <laughs> <laughs> the microphone is super weird. Um, yeah, but it was fun. All right. We'll see. Uh, okay, we'll I'm going to hit, hit right, shift in space bar. Peace out. Bye, everyone. Not really. Now, bye.